Are you ready to get the body and health you've always wanted? It's time to do it. This is Bodies by Brent. Brent has been a personal trainer for 16 years, and now he's all yours. Interviewing the pros in health, wellness, and the fitness field. Get educated and motivated. Let's get to work. From Austin, Texas, this is Bodies by Brent. And this is your host, Brent Ruska. Welcome to Bodies by Brent. I am your host, Brent Ruska, and today is a spotlight episode. So one of my original intentions for starting the podcast was to interview clients about their experience, to share their stories. So listeners, including yourselves and my other clients, could learn from those stories, learn from their struggles and their successes to help them reach their goals. So today is one of my very first ones. Annie's on the podcast. She's about to leave for Costa Rica, be nomadic for the foreseeable future. And she's on. She shares her experience with ayahuasca and how it changed her life. And she shares her experience training with me and her benefits. So stay tuned and I I hope you enjoy this episode. Annie Bosco. Yes. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. (laughs) Introduce yourself, age, where you're from, all that jazz. I'm Annie Bosco, as you said. I'm 28, 29 next week. Uh, Cool. I grew up in Northern California, but I've lived in lots of different states before I ended up here in Austin, like uh, five years ago, 2017. So yeah. Moved. yeah. And you're about to set sail on an adventure. Yeah. About to get out of here. And that's why I wanted to talk to you before you left, because I wanted to have you share your experience. You got my yeah. last slot. <laughs> yeah. This is, she's all booked up and she's <laughs> I out. Am, I am. <laughs> well, so. Tell me a little bit about what your plans are. Oh, you know, I don't have a great answer for that because my plans are to not have any plans uh, other than other than I am planning to go to Costa Rica um, for about three and a half weeks and then about a week and a half in Mexico, Playa del Carmen. And then after that, I don't know. And that's kind of the fun slash terrifying part. I put all my stuff in storage. I sold all my furniture. I have no furniture anymore. Um, it's a nice I feeling, yeah. got out of my lease. Oh yeah, it's I'm feel free. I like I always call myself an aspiring minimalist because I don't think I'll ever actually be a minimalist. Yeah, but I will always aspire to be one. So <laughs> I'm just constantly like purging things and like getting rid of clothes and stuff and everything and just kind of living with less. But this time is different because. I don't even, I won't even have really access to it. It's in storage. I'll be out of the country. Um, I got my lease taken over, so I don't, I'm not going to be paying rent. I'm renting out my car to someone. Uh, so I'll be like making some kind of passive income from that. And then I'm kind of just going to keep an ear to the ground and see what comes up. What made you decide to pull the trigger and do this? Um, so originally, I was just going to Costa Rica for a week to go to a retreat that my friend paid for me to go. And uh, then I was telling someone like, yeah, when I get back, I don't really know what I'm what I'm going to do with my life. Like, maybe I'll find out at the retreat what I'm supposed to do with my life. And they were like, well, why don't you just stay in Costa Rica then? I was like, yeah, why don't I just stay in Costa Rica? <laughs> That's a great question. I hadn't really considered that. Like, I have nothing 
tying me to Austin. Like mm-hmm. I don't have a in-person job. I don't I'm not in a relationship. Like I'm not doing anything that requires me to be in Austin. Even though I love Austin, I have a great community here. I do a lot of events and I mingle with all the different groups of people here. I love the weather and I love the rivers. Um, but it's also getting expensive and I also got like five years is a good chunk of time to be somewhere. Yeah. Like that's a long time for me. I usually move yeah. after about three. So I think I'll still kind of keep Austin as my home base and just kind of float through until further notice. But I dig it. What is the workshop you're going to do in Costa Rica? So I'm going to a week-long retreat. It's called Rhythmia. You've been before, right? I haven't been to this retreat, no. but I've been to a similar retreat. So this Got is it. an ayahuasca retreat. Cool. And you've done ayahuasca how many times? Uh, ceremony is a total of five, but that was spread out over two weekends. So two retreats. Okay. Um, and that was actually in the U.S. So this time I'm going to Costa Rica and doing it there. And this time it will be... Uh, four ceremonies over a one-week period. Is it the most you've... Yeah, the most I've done that close together. Wow. So... What's your intention this, <laughs> this time? Um, I'm, at a, I'm definitely in a very different place this time. I'm feeling a lot more at peace with who I am, and I feel like I've conquered a lot of my fears and my traumas and my blockages in the last couple of years. So this time I feel like it's more about clarity and kind of... Like, uh, I guess just what what steps I'm supposed to take in life. And I don't really know that there is an answer to that necessarily. Yeah. I also tend to believe that there's not a right path you're supposed to be on. It's just kind of the choices you make take you where you go. Totally. Um, But I also feel like I don't want to waste my life sitting around not doing anything. Uh, so I think that it'd be nice to gain some clarity as, as to what what I want to do and and again, even if there's not a specific answer for that, just kind of see what might come up. Um, Is that what called you back to wanting to do it again? Well, to be honest, this time uh, I wasn't planning to do it again anytime soon. Like it's a very intense, <laughs> it's a, an intense process. <laughs> yeah. You don't do it for fun. I don't do it for fun. It's not something you're like, oh, I'm just going to go trip balls with my friends like it's not like going to a three-day festival no it's not like a music festival or anything it's very much like it's very it's traumatizing in its own way but by through that trauma (laughs) through that trauma you actually heal from all your other traumas so yeah um, it's like going through a haunted house yeah a very long very (laughs) like realistic like you're not sure if it's real or not haunted house Mm -hmm. um yeah, and so I wasn't planning to do it again because it's just honestly the taste alone was a huge deterrent for me. Okay. Because it's, I... How would you describe the taste? Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, I describe vomit. it. I describe, so I describe <laughs> it as like, it's like prunes with like licorice. <laughs> no, that sounds decent. I would eat <laughs> that. Like, but it's like thick molasses, sappy almost acidic-y. See, I love black licorice and everyone told me, oh, it tastes like black licorice. You'll be fine. And then I did it and I was like, this is not licorice, y'all. Like, this is <laughs> some vomit, dirt, mud mixed it's, with it's, like... It's something. Yeah, it's... So it's not great. 
Okay. Needless to say, it's not it's not fun. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. I struggle in general with like taste. Like I've always said I could be on fear factor and the one thing I would fail at would be like when they make you drink the like bug smoothie. Yeah. Like eat, that I would I would sit or... in a bin full of snakes, yeah. but I could not drink an unknown substance like that. Like I I couldn't stomach it. Um So it's not an easy process going. No, not at all. It's it's very much almost kind of like survivor where you go into it and you just you don't have tools you don't have know-how you don't know what's about to happen but you just hope that you make it through the other end and you do you always do yeah and then once you do you're like wow i could literally do anything now that i've done that because Mm -hmm. it was so tough can you talk about your first experience yeah so my first experience was very different in general going into it i was in a very different space mentally i was very much in a dark, dark place to the point where I didn't have the fear of doing ayahuasca because I literally was just like, I don't really care if it kills me. Like, that's how low I was at that point. So there wasn't a lot of risks in my head. I was like, oh, what's the worst that can happen? Can you share what was going on? Yeah. So I a lot was going on. I recently had left my husband because it was a whole crazy experience i was happily married like very happily like everything was great sunshine and roses and rainbows and butterflies and all the happy things per- uh, it was perfect it was perfect i mean yeah it's perfect as, perfect as, as it can get and then shit hit the fan very abruptly mm-hmm. out of nowhere completely blindsided i found out a bunch of stuff that i just was completely clueless to um there was some cheating there was some you know addictions there's a bunch of stuff and it was just like mind bending because, like, you know, you you think you know someone, you think you know how your life is going to look, and you're settled into that idea, and then all of a sudden, nothing is as it seems, and you feel like you're literally going crazy. Oh, and yeah, I can't imagine. Especially when a lot of people like really didn't believe me at first until like he ended up confessing to a lot of things, but people didn't believe me so then i was like am i going crazy am i making this up is this really happening? your reality you're trying to make it's like <sighs> yeah. falling apart kind of right yeah and it was just you know heartbreaking um and so i was just like i didn't want to start over like i was like i don't i don't want to do life a different way i like this is what i thought i was going to do this is what no. i thought my life was going to be like so i was just in a really dark place i moved out i was living on my own like by myself very isolated it was like at the peak of well it was yeah right when the pandemic started so it was like everything was shutting down it was like i brutal so like two-ish years ago yeah um and so yeah i was in a really dark place i ended up booking my trip to go two days before i went so normally you stick to some sort of what they call dieta which is like certain um foods that you avoid and medications you avoid and uh, habits and whatever. And you do that anywhere from like a week to a month ahead of time. But I just booked the trip. I was like, it's now or never. So I'm going in two days, hopefully. And how are you feeling when you booked it? Like, what was uh, your headspace in that moment? I mean, honestly, just very depressed. I was just like, I need something because I'm like, I don't know what to do at this point. Like I was, I was, yeah. I had like a therapist and she was great, but it was just talking at a wall, you know, just, it was just getting out my feelings, not like addressing them as much yeah. as I wanted to. And so, yeah, I was just, I was like, I don't, I don't want to keep 
doing this. I don't, I've just felt lost really. And um, so, yeah, I was just like, all right, I'm going to do it. I knew that if I booked it for a later date that I would probably cancel because I would be terrified. Yeah. So I was like, I got to go on Friday. Like I just, I need to get on a plane and what I need to go. What did you know about it at the time? So I had had a few friends that had been to that place and I'd watched a few documentaries specifically about that place as well. So I felt safe going to it um, because I just, you know, there was enough, yep. you know, experiences and that I could actually look into. And so uh, it's in Florida. I had a great experience. It, I mean, it sounds cliche, but it literally changed my life in ways that I just never anticipated. Um, one of the things that let, I think the biggest takeaway from that first experience, the first ceremony was that I, one of the, the person that my ex-husband had cheated with was my best friend at the time. Wow. And I was so much more angry with her than I was with my husband because she throughout it had continued to pretend to be my best friend and was like yeah. consoling me as I was going through something with my husband, which yeah. and just so fucked up in retrospect. It's the ultimate betrayal. Yeah. So I was very angry with her. I never like expressed that anger to her. I literally the day I found out, I texted her and all I said was, hey, I know about you and him. Tell your husband or I will because she was also married. I was like, just tell him or I'm going to tell him because like he needs to know. And that was the last thing I ever said to her. And I just had this like rage. And I'm not an angry person. No. I'm very chill. I don't really feel anger very often. And so it was weird and uncomfortable to feel so much anger towards someone to the point where it's like I was literally like listening to like heavy metal and screaming into a pillow at certain points. So it was rage, rage, you know, but I went. The first ceremony, she kept popping up and they say, like, if something keeps coming to your mind, like, that's probably something you need to address. And I was like, yeah, but fuck that. I don't want to think about her. Like, <laughs> like She doesn't get to, she doesn't right get to take over my trip. Like, yeah. she's going to give me a bad trip. Like, it's going to make everything miserable. Yeah. Like, I don't even want to think about her. Like, I physically couldn't think about her without, like, shaking wow. physically. Wow. Like, that's how bad it was. And so she kept popping up. I kept, like pushing away and finally i was like okay what like let's just get it over with then and within like two minutes i went from completely loathing this person to like complete forgiveness like i had this it was very visual it was this vision of her and she had she was a child now like i saw her but it was her child self it sounds all very woo woo but no. it, it's exactly what i needed to see it was yeah. like she was like this just this little kid and she was like following someone around and like very needy like a kid is and then like and then i saw that she had this big uh hole in her stomach like it went through like she was not see-through but there was a hole through her her core yeah and then i just saw her like trying to fill it and like grabbing everything she could and like trying to stuff this void in her body with like you know, whatever it was, like trying to be beautiful and trying to be loved and trying to like and materialism and like all these different things. And then like I literally like watched her grab my husband and like try and fill the void with him. And it was just like, whoa, this has nothing to do with me. All of a sudden I was like, this wasn't as much as it was personal and it was wrong. It wasn't a 
it wasn't malicious attack against me. It wasn't like she met me and decided, oh, I want to like really fuck up her life because that sounds fun. Like it really just was a matter of her being a hurt person and hurting other people. Yeah. As her, they say. Her own wound and trying to fill her own wound or heal yeah. herself. And it wasn't a, a good way. And it just, you just got in the way. Like you yeah, were a casualty. I was just there. You were a casualty. Yeah. Wrong place, wrong time or something. Yeah. Which she just happened to pick your dude. Right. And in, in retrospect, like this whole situation is the best thing that ever happened to me. Really? That my divorce, the way it all happened is the best thing that ever happened to me. Like I, can't even tell you how grateful I am for it. Everything. So in that, I'm grateful for her. I would never tell her that because I don't want to talk to her ever again. <laughs> but understandable. But like, I'm grateful that it took that, her doing that. And that, again, that was just a piece of the puzzle. That's not why I left my husband. Yeah. That was just kind of the cherry on top. So what are you most grateful for from that? Well, it gave me like a huge wake up call. And just a huge reset. Everything in my life reset. I don't have kids, so I didn't have to, like, you know, try and figure that out with another person. I, Again, I, I didn't – there was nothing that, like, kept us attached, per se. So I was able to just clean, clear, reset my life. And in that, I realized how much I had lost myself. Like, it was very shocking to realize – oh, I'm starting to feel like myself again. When's the last time I felt that way? I don't even remember. And like realizing like, even now I'll look at pictures of myself from before and I'm like, I don't even recognize that person. That's not me. I wasn't doing the things I actually cared about. I wasn't being the person I actually wanted to be. Yeah, I was just comfortable. It was a comfortable, comfortable life. And I just kind of got sucked into it somewhere along the way. And so it's giving me this chance to start over and actually dive into who I am and what I actually want. And now that I've kind of, you know, done it wrong the first time, it's extra motivating to not do that again, to not, I would, I don't know if I'd use the word settle, but, you know, to not compromise so much of myself for another person or attach myself so much to another person. Um, and I, I had always been very independent before I met him. And, like, I didn't really think that I would get married or at least not anytime soon. And so I think in that in some some subconscious way, I already knew, like, it wasn't what I wanted. But it just at some point it was just it felt right or whatever it is, you know, feelings happen. And then you're making decisions you never thought you'd make before. Um, well, sometimes you just, you know. Nothing makes sense until more time goes on. Right. It was just like a chapter that needed to happen for maybe you to really understand the lesson of, like, I need to do the things that are important to me. Sometimes it involves getting married and doing all that stuff and playing this role right. in this whole story and going through it and doing that thing. And it could be 5, 10, 15 years and you come out of it and then you're like, oh, that's the purpose of all that. Right. And I like, and again, I'm really grateful. Until it was bad, it was really good. Yeah. Until shit hit the fan, like I got, I had so many opportunities that I hadn't had before. Like I got to travel a ton, and uh, I don't know. It, it in a way, it's like yeah, I played house for a couple years, and I saw what that was like, and then realized like, oh, that's not actually what I want, or at least not now. Like yeah. there's so much more to life than just being 
with someone. What's your advice to someone listening that's curious about doing ayahuasca? Oh, do it. Do it now. <laughs> yeah? Well. Tell me more. <laughs> I'm, not, okay, I'm not arguing it, with your advice. I'm just, in all yeah. honesty, I don't think it's for everyone. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of ways to get to the same place. Mm-hmm. For me. And what is that same place? Uh, Healing and I guess awareness in a sense, like being more aware of who you are and what you're thinking and yeah. being, I mean, these are all like trending words, being mindful and mm-hmm. woke. And, <laughs> <laughs> but, but really like your whole view of, life and the world and yourself shifts or at least it did for me and a lot of people that i've talked to that have done it it's like suddenly you see things from a very different angle and it gives you the tools to get through life in a more peaceful way and a less there's like it takes a lot of the pressure off of life i feel like why do you think it does that i think it just kind of highlights what's actually important i agree with you yeah it it like you when I walked away, it's like it didn't it, – it just moved out of the way, the stuff that wasn't. Mm-hmm. It's like when you go in, you have all these things you're like you, – you have so all these things on your plate and you think, oh, this is important. But you're like, I know not all of it is, but I can't tell which one's which. Right. You can't feel it. Yeah. And you have an idea in your mind, but it can't feel it. This is for me at least. And then by the end, you're so clear on like important, important, important. Yes, yeah. And not important. And I think – a lot of that has to do with because you go through a, an experience of like almost dying or it feels like <laughs> yeah, you're almost dying totally. or a rebirth. And when they say when you're on your deathbed, you are revealed what's in, what's important to you. Yeah. And like Buddhist monks, a lot of times their meditations, they focus on meditating on their own death as a way of keeping present to what is actually important in their yeah. lives. Yeah, it's definitely it definitely feels like a near death experience. Uh, and that's why it, it, I think that alone is kind of what gives you a new lease on life. Just the feeling of like, wow, I really thought I was about to die. And now I know that I want to live. And that's, uh, again, going into it the first time, kind of, I wasn't suicidal, but I wasn't like, I didn't have any zest for life anymore. And it was kind of like, I don't really care if I live or die. Yeah. By the end of it, I was like, oh, no, I want to live. Like there's so much life to live and awesome. I'm grateful to be alive after experiencing that. Um, what are some of the tools you used after you came out of the experience to help you keep some of that knowing in you? So I felt really grateful because the place that I went, they actually offered uh, integration afterwards. So like weekly zoom meetings you could get on with anybody that had been there before and you'd talk with this guy he was like a psychotherapist or something like that and you could just talk through it's just like very open question and answers and not only could you ask questions and get insight but you could just listen to everybody else and what they're struggling with and a lot of time it would be something similar to what you're struggling with that helped a lot i think kind of the consistent keeping it in in my awareness of like, okay, I just did something to shift my life. I don't want that to go to waste. I want to continue, you know, keeping that at the forefront of my mind. And so, uh, I don't know. I think a lot of it, it just sh- it shifted a lot of habits for me. Like I, 
I took out things in my life that weren't serving me. A lot of people, honestly. I took out a lot of people in my life. The divorce was a good excuse to do that. The pandemic was a good excuse to do that. And so it kind of all aligned with that. But in reality, like there was a lot of people that um weren't shouldn't have been in my life that were. And a lot of that I think just stemmed from I grew up I'm a pastor's daughter and I grew up very religious and uh always in front of people like speaking and leading prayers and I led worship for years and and I always felt like this obligation to people and to help people and to share my life with people. And in return, I just got kind of a lot of judgment and a lot of like people keeping me under a microscope. And like, um, so I ended up like purging my Facebook. I deleted like 1500 people. I like told, I, you know, had actual conversations with people in my life and said, Hey, like, I love you but my life is changing in a big way. And like, I need to basically like step out of this relationship with you and in love. But, and that's, that's a hard conversation to have. Like nobody wants to hear that. And, and it's not even about the other person. It's not like, Oh, you're a terrible person. I don't want you in my life anymore. It's just, I realized my attachment to those people was this obligation to help them or this obligation to, be basically like a puppet for them because that's kind of what I was really good at um, for most of my life. Yeah. <laughs> so now fast forwarding to meeting me. How did you find me? Uh, Do you remember? I, I know it was on Facebook. Okay. I think I remember you had made like a post in a group or I had yeah. made a post in a group. Maybe, I don't remember yeah. how... And I think you were like new to town or something. And somehow we had connected. Yep. And you were traveling for a little bit. And you're like, we can connect when I get back, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then. And why were you looking for a trainer? So I have had several surgeries over the last five years. I've had like a surgery a year, basically. Okay. And. What were the last couple? The last couple I had. The biggest surgery I've had is on my foot. On my left foot, I had. Uh, I don't even remember the the terms they use, but literally they cut off my heel. Oh wow! Moved it over and screwed it back in. So I have like titanium screws in the back of my foot. Dope. They all. <laughs> I am titanium. <laughs> titanium. Uh, and then they also like cut some muscle and like reattach it. Like it was a yeah, whole recon. Like they changed the whole the thing. shape of my foot. Wow! And I was off my foot for months i think i don't remember the exact timing but i think it was like three months before i could put like walk three months and so my calf was just like completely atrophied like it was like just bone and skin it was real cute like (laughs) i couldn't i couldn't even look at it because it was so sad okay yeah because i was like i've been i haven't used that muscle for months um and so that was a big motivation for me to get I think my primary goal was to get like a good muscle base back from being off my feet and even before then the reason I had the surgery was because I have like chronic foot pain and so I'm off of my feet a lot because I'm just in pain a lot of the time and so I just like you know naturally what became very sedent- sedentary sedentary is that yep. the word sedentary sedentary Not- 
not doing not, anything. Yeah, I was not doing much, and I didn't have much I had to do that involved me being very active. I used to, I was very active before. I played soccer for like 12 years and basketball for six and volleyball and oh, very active like life until my early 20s. And then it kind of just went straight down yeah. with my foot pain and then just you know my marriage uh, like i said it was very comfortable and i uh i just kind of got lazy to be honest like so how long have you been inactive um i didn't have really any um consistent working out probably for a good three or four years i definitely i had like orange theory okay and i would do that like i'd go through spurts where i'd like get really into it and i'd like get strong and lose weight and then like i'd just i'd travel again is usually what stops me traveling kind of is always a culprit and it's not an excuse because i know that i still could have made it a priority and i just didn't you know, yeah, you're like traveling. I'm, good. I'm like, I'm traveling and oh, I should treat myself because I'm traveling. And so I should eat really terrible food for me because <laughs> I'm only going to be in Rome once, you know. So like you just get in that toxic mindset of like, yeah. oh, well, only while I'm traveling. But the problem with that is I was traveling an average of every other week for like three years. So yeah. you can't keep using that same excuse. No. Every time if you're traveling every other week so orange theory here and there and then you had the heel surgery and then Mm -hmm. you were inactive for um yeah well probably about two years my foot surgery i think was about two years before i met you wow so two years of not really doing much Mm -hmm. yeah okay yeah and then (laughs) i was a project for you (laughs) what was your what was your experience first time we met and what made you decide to want to train together i think well, the experience was great, obviously. I stay I stuck around. <laughs> <laughs> I think I felt like you really understood what I wanted. And also I just felt like you know, again it sounds woo woo, but like I really liked your energy. I felt yeah. like you're someone I could actually vibe with and not I feel like it that matters. You know, chemistry matters important. with everything. Yeah. With, you know, every aspect. Especially if you're working with someone so closely and like you know, you're basically just like bossing me around the whole time and telling me what to do and like lift this and do that. And it's like, you don't want somebody that you hate to be doing those things because then you're just going to like resent them. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't need you <laughs> resenting me. So, uh, yeah, I just thought you were cool. And then I like what you were doing and what you're about. Yeah. What did you what did you enjoy about the training? Well, first of all, I liked just the physical setup of it. I liked that it was kind of just this more private space that it's just like, you know, I don't love working out in front of like 50 strangers. Like it's not fun for me. I don't like being around 50 strangers period, but like, especially when you're like sweating and making a fool of yourself, especially because like, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't anywhere. You know, I didn't, I didn't have any kind of, weightlifting experience like that was very new for me um most of my workouts in the past were just very cardio heavy and sports i always played sports um so this was kind of new but i i knew that i wanted a to challenge myself b 
again, to just rebuild a, a really good muscle base, um, which I've done. Like, I'll surprise myself all the time now when I'll, like, go to lift something. I'm like, that used to be way heavier. Like, That's what awesome. happened? Uh, so would you say the benefits of strength training, which you never did before, were you're much stronger. Mm-hmm. You put on a little more lean muscle. Yeah. What What else? Or those are just kind of the two main ones. Well, and also just confidence. I think feeling stronger makes you more confident. Like feeling more capable. Like, oh, like I'm a badass. I can I can handle this stuff, you know. Yeah. Not, uh, not that I'm like doing anything crazy impressive, but just like I, for example, I do, I lead sound baths and I have yeah. these set of like seven quartz bowls that are kind of heavy you know especially when they're all stacked in on each other it's like you know it's it's not light you got to carry them in i carry them them in carry them out back and forth all the time and then i you know i have my other musical equipment like my guitars and my drums and all these things yeah and so it's made that easier like it's not as big of a deal to lift these instruments anymore and and that's just kind of one of the small benefits that's just like my day-to-day kind of thing that i've noticed has gotten easier what would you say the biggest change was from training with me or the biggest benefit that you've received Mm. i mean i think i think kind of confidence is the same answer for that one i definitely i feel more confident as a person in general i think a lot of that has to do with feeling stronger doing doing these things prioritizing health um in combination with healing a lot over the last two years kind of dealing with the not so pleasant parts of myself and kind of also just realizing like you you get to be you like why why do we all stop ourselves from doing that like we all feel like we owe somebody something and so instead of just being like, nah, I don't want to play that game. We all just cower. Not cower. That's that's a strong word. But we all kind of put ourselves on mute. You like uh, mute. Yeah. yeah. I had a word and I lost it. <laughs> filter. Filter ourselves. Put, put ourselves on mute. I was definitely on mute most of my life. Yeah. I feel like this is the first year I'm not on mute. And then I worry that I'm like too loud, you know, because no, I'm just like, go for it. now I'm maybe too much myself and I need to like cool it. But. I don't care. I, I mean, I'm in that beautiful, and... like, I don't give a fuck state where I'm like, whatever, deal with it. This is, this is who I am. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, world. <laughs> no. Uh, and that's what's awesome about you. Um, what, what was my question? What is one of the biggest things you learned or took away knowledge-wise from training hmm. our sessions? Knowledge-wise. Well. Biggest thing you took away just you learned or other than confidence you know something that yeah you learned or now think differently in regards to whether it's fitness or health or nutrition i think a lot of things but the first thing that came to mind is just how much every little thing kind of pieces together like nutrition and actually working out i feel like for so long i just thought like oh if i just eat healthy like that's enough like that's that's all i need which that plays a big role Mm -hmm. but now seeing not only like my body change but also i feel like again my my confidence and then also my energy level and my brain fog and my like ability to like 
handle things, like conquer things. It's all like building blocks on top of each other that overall like equals health or healthy. Um, so I don't know if that even really answers your question. It does. You have a better understanding of what equals health. Yeah. There's all these different components that need to come together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What else? <gasps> what else? Um, I, I mean. You don't have to have any. <laughs> that was good. That was perfect. <laughs> I feel like I'm not good on, on the spot. I was really nervous about this podcast because I was like, I'm the kind of person that I can like talk for hours about a subject, but then you ask me about that same subject <laughs> and I'm like, I know nothing. I've never heard anything about that subject. That's okay. Here's a new question for you. Okay. <laughs> Someone that's, who is, who is the kind of person that would be good to train with me? Or oh. if someone's thinking about it, you know, who should consider it? Everybody. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> yeah. I think I'm a little. I literally, I like speak your praises to everybody. Like everybody I know. I'm always like, dude, my trainer, he's like so great. This, 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 this. I was like, I don't know. If it felt like you have this idea of what it's going to be like if you hire a personal trainer. What is that idea? I want to know. <sighs> Just like military my idea was like some like military like i'm gonna feel like i'm in boot camp and they're just gonna like feel great getting to boss me around and like i mean i did feel great i mean bossing <laughs> i could <around>. tell <laughs> <laughs> i was like you have to have what's that word you have to be somewhat of a person that likes to cause suffering for another person for sure. in order to be who you are <laughs> uh <laughs> So it takes a special kind of person. Yeah. But you don't make me feel like shit. So that's <laughs> that's a good start. Good. Uh, <laughs> um, Check that box. There we yeah, go. Yeah. Doesn't make you feel like shit. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that should be your tagline, really. <laughs> <laughs> it won't make you feel like shit. Okay. So I'm not a military guy. No. You, you're stern. I feel very pushed and challenged. But I also feel like... I'm not actually suffering. You know, it's a it's a good balance. You found a really good balance with pushing someone because that's why we're ultimately hiring you is because, I mean, at least for me, like I'm not very self-motivated. Yeah. I would prefer to be in a class or have somebody telling me exactly what to do and when to do it and how to do it. Yeah. Um, and so definitely people, I would say, again, anyone, I think anyone should hire you, but especially people that, maybe have been nervous to hire a personal trainer because they had this idea that it was going to be like, again, like boot camp or, or on the opposite end. I actually had hired someone years before a personal trainer and it was like, I felt like I wasn't doing anything. Like it had been weeks and like nothing. No changes. No changes. And not only that, but I was like, there was so much time where we were just like, talking or like sitting around and i was like this is this is time like i paid for an hour and we just spent 20 minutes talking about something that was completely irrelevant i think if it's relevant information like you know that's cool but it was very like casual too casual too casual so you found a really good balance of not of being casual in the sense of like you're approachable you're um relatable but also I think you're good at kind of setting the 
precedent of like, hey, but also like we're here to work. I'm I'm here to make you work and to feel better and to look better and everything else comes secondary to that. Yeah. There's fo- let's focus on your goal. Yeah, exactly. And then we can have a good time while we do that too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Any one last thing that you want to share about your experience? Anything at all? <sighs> I'm just I think I'm just grateful. I think that's what I would like to share with you. I'm really grateful, not just for how far I've come with my fitness and my confidence, but just like talk. I feel like there's a lot of things I felt comfortable talking to you about that I definitely couldn't have imagined I would talk to with another personal trainer, even just like personal stuff, but also just like, you know, things about me and my health journey that aren't fun to talk about and I never felt judged by you I never felt um I never felt any bad vibes so thank you for that well I'm grateful to have had you in my life yeah and I'm very excited for your adventure oh yeah I think it's about to get real I think it's gonna get really real awesome and (laughs) if you stay in Guatemala long enough I will come visit you. Okay. Yeah. I will. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that's kind of, it's popped into my, uh, like circle of friends like five times in the last week. And I feel like usually when that kind of thing happens, it's something I need to pay attention to. And so now I'm like, yeah, maybe Guatemala is next or maybe who knows. And that's such a, I think everybody, I don't know. I think maybe everybody should have an adventure in their life where they just let their gut tell them what's mm-hmm. next. Yeah. It's a it's a good strengthening tool for your intuition. Definitely. And it's a fun like you get one life, maybe you get reincarnated or whatever, but you got this life and to me that's an experience that's worth happening in this lifetime. Yeah. Whether it's a month or multiple years to just go. Mhm. Like a nomadic, yeah, gypsy. just like rid yourself of all of the ties. I I was surprised. I've been surprised that everyone I've told, the kind of resounding feedback I'm getting is like, I'm so jealous, or like, I wish People I s- would have done that before I had kids, or before I got married, or you know, whatever it is. Like, people have only given me encouragement of like, yes, you should do that because I regret not doing that, and so I feel like. Yeah. I can't go wrong. Even if I completely fail, uh, first of all, I have a great family. I have a great community. Like, I'm not going to, like, I'll be fine. Totally. I I will land on my feet no matter what. So the risk of that, I'm really grateful for that. Like, I'm not going to be homeless. Like, I, I'll have options if I need them. Yeah. So to me, there's really not a a terrible outcome. Like. Exactly. I think it's just something I got to do. I'm doing it. And we'll see what happens. I love it. And she's going to post on TikTok (laughs) because she's an amazing singer. And she plays a billion different instruments. (laughs) I try to play. Yeah. So what's your TikTok? What's your your socials? Oh, I don't. Because we got to follow you. I made a TikTok and I've posted like two things. That's okay. Just you inspired me to post something. I think I think it's at annie rose co good and we'll put it in the show notes so and that's also my instagram handle perfect and then annie bosk on 
Facebook. Annie Bosco on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. And it's okay if anybody wants to reach out to you to yeah, ask questions absolutely. or anything at all. I'm I'm an open book. I love answering questions. I always give people this rule though, like don't ask questions you don't actually want to know the answer to. Like I will nice. give you the real truth. And if you're not ready for that, like just don't even don't even go there. But I'm happy to answer questions and share more of my story. That's all. So. I love that. I'm stealing that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so like good. Any final parting words upon the audience about your own experiences through life and changes and anything at all? Uh, I just, I don't know. I have too many, too many thoughts to share. Perfect. Save them for TikTok. (laughs) Next time. Yeah. (laughs) On part two. (laughs) Part two coming up after Costa Rica. (laughs) Exactly. Well, maybe I'll interview you when you get back. Yeah, I'd love that. All right, Annie. Thank you. Thank you. See you guys. Thanks for listening to Bodies by Brent. Brent has been a personal trainer for 16 years, and he's going to be here to help you get the body and health you've always wanted. Thanks for checking out the show, and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. If you have an idea or topic for the show, maybe you want to be on the show, and you're interested in working with Brent, visit our Instagram at Bodies by Brent ATX. See you next time on Bodies by Brent. (laughs) 